0: Hey hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hockey Talks Volume 39. I'm your host Chris Ivany and tonight's episode is brought to you by AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. Are your headphones falling apart? Or does your cable do that annoying thing where it only
1: plays sound from one ear? Maybe it's time for an upgrade. Accessory House Global is your one-stop shop for premium headphone accessories. They specialize in ear pads, headbands, carrying cases, and audio cables. Whether you have Bose, Sony, Sennheiser, Beats, Fostex, Denon, or even a set of high end focal headphones, they've got you covered. All across the pond, Hockey Podcast listeners get 20% off their first purchase. Use the code AHG20. O-F-F at the checkout, and boom, you're sorted. You can check them out on YouTube or at the Real A H G on Instagram. Check out their website at AccessoryHouseGlobal.com and take your first
0: step to reviving your audio experience. My very special guest tonight is known around the world as one of the most dominant players to ever play the game. Born in London, Ontario, he was the number one overall draft pick in 1991, an eight-time NHL All-Star, a Hart Memorial Trophy and Lester B. Pearson Award winner, and represented Canada nine times internationally. Over the span of his 14-year NHL career with the Flyers, Rangers, Leafs, and Stars, he totaled 760 career games, scoring 372 goals 865 points and a whopping 1365 penalty minutes and in 2016 he was inducted into the hockey hall of fame it's my absolute honor to welcome to across the pond mr eric Lindros. eric first of all how are you feeling these days and uh, how are things back in toronto
2: well thanks for having me on chris i'm uh yeah here we're here in toronto i'm uh uh, my wife and our three kids, our, our kids are quite young. We've got one in grade one and our twins are in senior kindergarten. So mm-hmm. they're, uh, they'll be turning six in September. So, you know, hockey didn't happen this year for them. Uh, we were lucky to get them back into school uh, yeah. part way through the year. I mean, that was a big, that was a big thing around here. So no, things were, it has not been normal as I'm sure it hasn't been in, you know, any, any place, uh, any place on Earth, yeah. um, but uh, overall, you know what? Can't complain. My parents are going to get their shot here in the next week, mm-hmm. and their first one, and that's a big relief. Um, and uh, and then we'll see what happens with us later. And, and listen, I mean, we uh, we handle this correctly, and we can get through it. Uh, hopefully, by September, then we can we can look forward to a, a fresh start in the hockey season. But not unless we handle this correctly, and. and that's right. uh, and, and, and really identify the fact that it's, it could blow up again, right? We have to do this correct. So
0: absolutely. anyway, that's where yeah. we're at over here. That's great. And I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. And uh, you and your family have been staying safe. Um, same thing uh, over here in Hong Kong, we're dealing with the with the uh, pandemic, the same as everyone else. And I certainly feel right. for you as a parent with young kids having to go through homeschooling, because I know it's a it's an adventure as a teacher, and uh, when I have a lot of colleagues that uh, teach teaching young kids, and it's it's certainly been you oh, know, an adventure teaching the young yeah. ones
2: as well. It's not an adventure. Listen, it's it's horrible. Yeah. Um, I've you got young boys. I've got a I've got a five year old boy who, on a good day, can't sit still for thirty five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Right. Let alone, you know, you're trying to do something vir- virtually for for four or five six hours. Um, it's just impossible. So the poor guy is. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's tricky. It's uh, it's no fun, but you learn a lot about yourself. I'll yeah. be honest with you. How I'm much did you learn
0: through. about using Zoom
2: and uh, Google Meets and and things like it that? Happens quick, right? Yeah. You know, you get once you get on it, you're kind of hesitant at the start, and then all of a sudden, you know what? You have no choice. So suck yeah. it up and let's go. That's um, right. Yeah, that's how she goes. That's and, how uh, she goes. Yeah. No, I figured it out.
0: That's right. So, uh, Eric, let's get right to it. Uh, You were born in London. Um, How many years did you live there before you moved to Toronto? Uh, My first nine and a half. First nine and a half. So, good stint. Yeah. When did you get uh, introduced to the game of hockey?
2: Young. I started skating really, really young. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had there at at London, Ontario. There was a City Hall rink there. Uh, I used to go down to that. And then... I remember getting a set of used equipment when I was about five, and skating in the Red Circle Minor Hockey Association program um, uh, over at uh, Argyle Arena was was the place that we skated. Right, and the good thing about London was it had a Utilities Commission, the Public Utility PUC, hockey schools and things like that. The Public Utilities Commission uh, had excellent excellent hockey schools. They had really good coaches and we could go there in the summer for a week or two. And we had really good access to, uh, to power skating. Um, there is, there's lots of ice and opportunity in London, Ontario. So, you know, you could, you know, you could get on the ice as as much as you want. Then being in the snow belt that, uh, you know, the backyard rink was, that was a must. So, um that happened and and then uh my dad was in accounting he was a partner at uh kpmg or pete marwick Thorne or uh, ernst and ernst or i keep they, they they kept changing names after a while yeah uh yeah. and he got transferred uh to he got transferred to toronto for, for i think it was for the Coca Cola account and then we uh so we tagged along we decided to go with them right. um <laughs> And uh, yeah, so uh, I was wondering if I your
0: moved. move to Toronto was hockey yeah. based or was it yeah. was a yeah. job yeah. based. Yeah. But so you answered that question. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. um, so, so we picked. I, a, it was yeah. kind of funny when we moved to to Toronto. My parents looked at uh, the rinks that we would be playing at, and then basically drew a circle uh, uh, around them and came up with. Areas to live in, uh, so that you know when we were playing at at St. Mike's or North Toronto or De La Salle or Chestwood Arena or, or you know we lived in a in a in a in a house that was uh, in an area that was pretty central and and
0: to this my day move. oh
2: my god yeah it was good it, you know it was it was uh, coming from London Ontario which had a, a much smaller or smaller population than mm-hmm. Toronto it was a big adjustment for my parents to, to to go there especially my mom in the traffic she hated the she hated that. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, we, I can uh, imagine. They... I had
0: one one hockey experience actually in London. They uh, the St. Thomas Aquinas High School hosts a pretty big high school tournament there every year. Oh yeah, I was fortunate enough to go there with my high school team, and yeah, the tournament with almost sixty high schools involved, and yeah, just a tremendous little hockey town. I'll never forget that experience. Um, so listen, you uh, you basically so you're ten years old. You're ba- you're down in Toronto now. You're in the heart of it, and at this point, were you starting to, you know, separate yourself as a minor hockey player or were you just one of the guys at, oh, at the of Oh, I didn't town? know.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. You don't know when you leave London. You know where you're staying in London. And, yeah. and I was, you know, fairly good in London. And my dad, uh, you know, he said, do you want to go make, do you want to get the most ice on a, on the worst team or do you want to go to the best <laughs> team and see where things go? And yeah. I said, I want to go to the best team. Of course. And so I ended up... Uh, I ended up going to, uh, to the Marley's Mm -hmm. and and yeah, I was there for, for, for a bit. had some, she's with a guy named Peter Miller, who was a real special, special human. And then, uh, went over to the Nats. So I ended up, uh, you know, it was a big influence over on the Nats was, and a a great, great person was, uh, was John Feuda. Mike Feuda uh, spent years with, uh, with the LA Kings. Um, and he was he was at, he was at, uh, Henry Carr, um, going through that process. And then later on, I went out and played at York and his dad, his dad was, has been a big influence in in a lot of the teams that I've, I've been part of with the Nats and, uh, Right. And I heard uh, you talk 12, about
0: actually, you were actually a bit of a late bloomer. <laughs> if that seems a little hard to believe that you, uh, I've heard you say Well, that you, it
2: took you, a while. I didn't grow until much later. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I was on the latter end of the spectrum in terms of uh, puberty, and um, that makes a huge difference, especially when you're in a very multicultural city like Toronto and yeah. certain ethnicities are growing, you know, when they're, you know, ralph has got a mustache at you know (laughs) 11 and 12 you know uh like there's a there's a change there um yeah so uh no it's just fact i mean it's like it is is what it is but i was playing up a year and and uh uh you know yeah things needed to catch up and my weight needed to pick up and and uh uh things started to come together when I was about fourteen, fifteen, and then uh, I went and played at the at St. Mike's for uh, for junior B and it uh really started to come come along at, at, Yeah. Uh, I've
0: I've seen the picture our, of you uh um, St. Mike's. Mike's playing with the junior B. Uh and uh We had a good team. We had yeah, a lot of fun. I've heard. Tell me a, a little really bit about team. that.
2: We had a young coach, Scott McClellan, um Tony Cello was our assistant coach. He was young too. I think. I think the combined age of our coaches was of those two was was. Uh, well, I know it was still at the fifty. Um, so uh, we had a few guys. We had, most of the guys went to the school, um, and then we had uh, Scott. You know, the school wasn't afraid to bring in uh, some specific players to fill specific roles. So uh, no, we had uh, we had a, we had a mix. It wasn't just uh, wasn't just kids from from the school, right? Okay, but the so, majority were. For right. sure.
0: So you're 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 hitting 15, 16 years old now, and was that when you started? You know, you said you took your growth spurt. Was that kind of when your style yeah. of game started to play a little bit, and you realized that you, you had that physical ability as well?
2: Yeah, it started to come together a little bit. Um, yeah. and and in taking summer school, so after grade eight, I took some grade nine math at summer school. Uh, I was always trying to get as many credits as possible, mm-hmm. um, but being at summer school, I would, as soon as summer school was over, there was nothing else to do other than go to the gym and to lift. Okay. So I think by going to summer school for those three years, it really put me in a real good, in a, in a good position. And I know it was only for, you know, a month or, or, or six weeks or whatever, but it gave me that it's what I did. It was my routine. You, you know, you wake up early, you get to class, you do your, you condense all that. Uh, I think I took accounting one year. I took math at the, the first year, accounting the second and uh, something else the third. But you, you just get into that routine and then you get lifting and, and through the lifting, um, you know, you, you start to add on the weight. Yeah. And at and, that time, not everybody was doing that. Well, I was 15. I was done my spurt. I was, it was time to time to start uh, adding on. So that's uh, that's what I did.
0: Right. And yeah. shortly after that, I mean, Eric, things took off for you pretty quick. And the media got a hold of you. And you started saying things like you're going to be the next great one or the next Messier. And, you know, a lot of heat for a teenager to handle. And who are the people in your life as a 16, 17-year-old that helped keep you grounded and focused
2: on your goals? I, I lived... I, it, I, li- I had a great billet system in Oshawa. Yeah. I had a good billet system in, in, in Detroit uh, when I lived down there. Um, and it wasn't uh, just level-headed people. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, my parents put such an emphasis on schooling and right. the fact that I break my leg or I tear my knee up. Um, I got uh, You've got nothing <laughs> unless you've got some schooling to back this up. Uh, you, you know, life is going to be very difficult, uh, unless you have, uh, other options. So, um, so that was always, I guess with that always in the back of my mind about, you know, the fear of not, uh, the fear, the fear of that it can, it could burst and, and fall apart and no time at all. Um, Kind of took off the importance of what other people were was saying, I guess. Does That's that make an incredible
0: sense? message, yeah, an incredible message by your parents, and I mean, it's um, probably something that you needed to hear from them more than anything at the time.
2: Oh, um, well, for sure. So for that sure.
0: that leads me right into my next question because you were you were drafted to play for the for the Greyhounds in the OHL by Phil Esposito, correct? And I was. You know, I, was, I, so I heard you talking about that decision not to play junior hockey in Sault Saint Marie, and I was somewhat surprised to hear. You mentioned schooling and university yeah, as the major was factors a big, that in your was,
2: decision and why was that? Had why nothing was that to do. So, yeah. yeah. Why was yeah. that
0: so important to you personally?
2: Well, I mean listen, it had nothing to do with the coaching or, yeah. or anything of the organization with C. St. Marie Greyhounds. They they have they've, they've got a historic past or you know, they're they're a great franchise in the OHL. They're just I wasn't exactly the the most reliable teenager, if you catch my drift. <laughs> and being, I, I wasn't, yeah, and being, it. I totally get it. And, and my parents recognized that too. And being 10 hours away from, yeah. from, you know, getting a crack, uh, <laughs> uh, my dad getting, a getting a hand on me was, uh, you know, that's, uh, wasn't going to work. Um, right. there was the schooling was a big element of that as well. Um, Kids were not because of the travel. Kids were only taking two credits a, a semester instead of much, much more. So, um, you know, a normal in a normal year, you should be able to get eight credits. Most guys take about seven uh, uh, in their younger years, at, at least uh, at least six. Um, but uh, because of the travel, the two seemed to be the number that, that was that was happening at the, uh, up there. So. You know, again, it wasn't uh, it wasn't ideal right. uh, to make sure that the schooling was there if something ever happened. Was, schooling wasn't a big inf- a big push, if you catch my drift. Yeah. I now, I got to Oshawa, and then yeah. we've got five or six different universities around here that I could go to. Yes. Um, you know, I, I actually I because I didn't because St. marie waited to trade me. I went down to the states and, yeah. and graduated yeah. from you know, uh, from from Detroit. So I went through the, Mich- uh, the Michigan system, which was shorter, and I did high school in two and a half years and then wrote my SATs at the start of grade 10 and used a scholarship to the University of Michigan to ask the OHL to change the rule of trading first round draft picks. Right. They, they, they right. didn't trade them before. They wanted uh, some form of stability or some, you know, that's, yeah. I don't know. But well, there was a that number was the of- rule at the time. Yeah, it was. So your very first
0: year in Oshawa, you certainly made your mark. You led the Generals all the way to the Memorial Cup championship. Heck of a way to start! I didn't lead
2: the Generals all the way to the Memorial Cup. (laughs) Okay, we won the Memorial Cup championship. We had a very, very deep team. Um, I was a member of that really deep team. Honestly, okay, Uh, well, still a
0: heck of a way to start your junior career. Yeah, no, that was good. Not many people get that opportunity right away to go all the way to a Mem Cup. And we
2: almost did it again the next year. Yeah. We didn't get through our the, O. Oh, we lost to Sault Ste. Marie, ironically, <laughs> who got a pile of players and in, in, uh, in the trade for me. Uh, and, and then they, uh, they yeah, anyway, they were very good. I yeah. thought we we should have beat them, but uh, we did not. So my second year ended. And that was basically it for junior. I went back that fall and then uh, for a third year after our, the Quebec situation and I ended up just going to Calgary and playing for the Olympic team, which was fun.
0: Yeah. So that year too, you put up 149 points or whatever that ultimately led you to a truckload of CHL and OHL awards and being drafted
2: number one overall. Like you said, you know, it seems like, you you know what though? I had really good people around me. I had the the best billets that you could possibly hope for. And, Mm -hmm. you know, baby Jean and, and Gil Hughes, Gil, we unfortunately lost Gil a little while ago. Yeah. Baby Jean was. I talk. I still talk to her. She. Um, she's. Uh, she's just a terrific person. There was yeah. always a lot of food in the fridge. Uh, Gill was the junior. Uh, was the midget coach in town, uh, and and had a you know he he understood hockey. He could talk hockey, and he was. It was fun. Like, it was just a great setup to be, to play. You couldn't ask for a better place to play, uh, right. to, to be billeted for junior. Well, every time I Larry talk, Markson, time I sorry, talk to ahead?
0: somebody, every time I talk to someone who's involved in junior hockey back home, they always mention the billets. It's such an integral part of, of junior hockey across Canada.
2: Well, think about it. I mean, if you don't have a really good billet, and, and they're not doing it because they're getting paid by mm-hmm. any stretch of the matter, and if you can think of a – I think they were getting paid $60 a week. Uh, wow. <laughs> something along those lines. And you try feeding a, a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid for 60, 60 bucks a week. I yeah, mean, that's exactly. impossible. Impossible. They're not doing it for, uh, for the laundry. The, you know, they're, they're just nice people. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and then I had uh, Larry Marson was our assistant coach. Now, I went to Larry as a power skate. He had a, a skating school in London or sorry, just outside of Toronto, uh, on Scarborough side. And, uh, I used to go to him all the time and sure enough, he ends up being the assistant coach in Oshawa. Yeah. Uh, and he would spend hours and hours with me on one timers and and saucer passes and little moves around the net and, uh, high, low, high, low. I mean, he, he just, he he would drill it in my head that, that shot that's to two feet off the off the ice is just not acceptable um it's right in the middle uh it's either high or it's low right. you can't go in between uh and beyond anything else shoot it as fast as you can get it so do not tee it up do not brush it off i'd rather go fast and be accurate as a secondary thing if you do both that's that's the best but yep. um, he spent hours and hours with me and and he would talk to the trainer about making sure I had extra sticks. And I mean, he was just everywhere. He was yeah. a great guy. Well, and it takes uh, a lot
0: of special people, Eric, obviously. Um, and you, you're so kind and thanking all of them because it takes, takes a boatload of people for someone to have a career in, in the NHL.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. I haven't even got to my parents. My
0: God. <laughs> of course. So, I mean, yeah. all the excitement around being drafted number one overall seemed to kind of get robbed from you a little bit when you were drafted by an owner that you clearly were not going to play for. You know, that yeah. story is well documented and I'm more interested in the process, not the result. So I'd like to ask you, know, you know, what I'd
2: like to understand the process myself. So <laughs> I have no idea how this all happened and what the deal was. Yeah. Uh, I heard it secondhand, just, just like, uh, you know, whatever I was sitting on the couch and waiting for that arbitrator Bertuzzi to right. come up with something. Right. Um, and yeah. then I would just drew, you know, drove down to St. Mike's and, and did a press conference. And then, uh, my dad worked out a deal with, uh, with the team I got traded to and and uh and that was that things started yeah. so um no I did I, I had no idea
0: you had no idea yeah but I was a like as a, when you were 18, you're 18 was your dad the the, the the biggest influence on you like your agent who were the guys that are in your ear most of the time helping you make these big
2: decisions I relied on my parents yeah mostly I relied on my parents mostly we had a we had an agent that uh I didn't uh I, uh, it didn't really, it didn't work out. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We'll
0: leave it at that. Um, I don't want to dwell on that. Um, But one final question about that whole situation. When the allegations finally came out about Marcelo Boo years later, was there any sense of relief for you or any vindication sense. i don't know yeah, or I not, would not even vindication or that,
2: closing you know, like the, no, but that was it i mean that was it so yeah. my mom i rely heavily on my mom and my parents for his uh, influencers. right and, and you know like we got so he brought in Guy Le fleur and yeah guy was, guy was a great guy of and course. we'd sit there and talk about this and, mm. and 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 the way that marcel would handle the room and the way that, his, that he was just he's fucking arrogant right and uh, this, sexist and yeah. like it was just not a good it was not gonna happen like, right. and to add that to the stories of 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 what we uh we had been told um yeah. uh no this guy no 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 no
0: well I can so, I, you know that's a huge decision and I mean commend I commend it is for but it. that's what
2: Guy said Guy yeah. said he doesn't he guy, guy flat out said to Marcel it's not it's not the work it's not the Nordiques Marcel it's you <laughs> right Oh, so plain you know, simple. and yeah, plain and simple. So, yeah. and it's always been that way. I yeah. mean, shit, it's not French. I mean, my wife's French, <laughs> of course. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, that was just uh, nothing. To, yeah, no, but that's but it isn't what a convenient way of of right. writing it up mm-hmm. and causing an issue and right. taking. But you were focus able. You had to write your problem. tongue
0: for so many years, like all of these things that you knew that you weren't able to just say. Like, I mean, that must have been frustrating.
2: It, it is, uh, yeah, you know, it's a big machine you go up against when, yeah. when uh, you know, people are writing books about you that you've never met, uh, making up, I mean, geez, they could just make up anything. Right, exactly. And then combine that with the internet where there's absolutely no filter, there's, you know, uh, suing anybody is is, is, is is really hard in Canada. Um, so, I mean, just listen, what are you going to do? What are you going to um, do?
0: You know what, though? General, if all, the of that, if all of that didn't happen, me and you would not be chatting here today. And that's all because in 1991, as you awaited your trade to, from the Nordiques, you joined Team Canada and played alongside one of my childhood heroes and previous oh, podcast Fabian. guests, Fabian Joseph. <laughs> yeah. So if it wasn't for Fab uh, who introduced me to you, first of all, I want to say thank you to Fabe for doing that. Uh, what do you remember yeah. most, most about Fabe and uh, the journey that you guys had together to uh, the Albertville Olympics?
2: There's, there's, there's two, two things to, to Fabian. Is, is one is his intensity, mm-hmm. uh, and when it's go time, it's certainly go time. But when it's time to have a smile, it's time to have a, a light moment. It's time to tell a joke or, or reminisce about something uh, humorous. Uh, Fabian could could tell stories tell jokes he he just you know some people just have that that right that that oh I know his entire family uh he's very good at it yeah he's very good at it and a hockey dressing room really needs something like that a person like that that has their 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 finger on the pulse and and knows when to uh when to lighten things up yeah and, you
0: know, Fabian uh, was a great Canadian uh, player for a lot of years representing Canada in the inter- international scene. And this was the the 92 uh, Olympics where, you know, there was no NHLers playing. But you guys ran up against a really stacked Russian team in the finals. And he told me about playing against the KLM line. What do you remember about that as a
2: 19 year old? They were good. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. They're the Russians were they were deep. They were, they yeah. were a very good team. We had a chance. Uh, we had a five-on-three, mm-hmm. um, and had we scored on that five-on-three, I—it's th- a—it's a, it's a different—it's uh, a different ball game. But um, no, they beat us. They beat us. They won the gold medal. Yeah. Um, shit. Then they came and crashed our party. Oh no! <laughs> Tell me about that. Just, uh, just, uh, just—that's uh, the first time. That's I've That's insult this, uh, to yeah. injury. Oh whatever. That's the uh, then I met Uh, Yuskevich, uh okay. and ended up playing with uh, with Yuski uh, wow. in, in in Philly for years. Yeah, um, but no, that was the first time I met him. Amazing. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, Fabe told me a couple of things. He said, even at that time, you used to have to disguise yourself when you went places, or people wouldn't leave you alone. So I want to know, what was your go-to disguise? Oh, I didn't
2: do that. I think that's Fabian just... It's uh, Fabian, wanting to, Fabian wanting to... Yeah, yeah, Fabian being Fabian. I don't think there's any uh, yeah, much to that. But uh, no, we had uh, we had a really good team. We had a lot of fun. We had guys like Joey Juno. Mm-hmm. Uh... uh Geez, Uh, Sean Burke was there. I'm trying to think of guys. uh, uh, We got some uh, Dave Hannon. Yeah. Showed up at the end. Dave Tippett. uh, Dave Dave Hannon, he was hilarious. Uh, So he didn't want to, he got loaned, I think, from Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And he knew he was heading over to, to play with us, but we had a pile of skates in between when we started to play exhibition games. And it was very ironic that Dave showed up in, uh, where were we? we we're in, uh, in the hills and the slopes of some place getting ready to get bag skated for the next three weeks. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the little town, but anyway, uh, no, he showed up without his uh, skates. <laughs> um, oh my god! So he honestly, he sat oh there. God. He got he got the town. He got the town. He had no skates, so he skied for about four or five days. That's
0: hilarious.
2: Eric came in, yeah, yeah. Oh. So he missed the he missed the first uh, <laughs> Davos We were in Davos Oh, okay, and, yeah. yeah. He was busy going, up. he's going up and down the, he's going up and down the slope, so we we're getting our, uh, our butt skated Yeah.
0: That. Um anyway. One one final word from Fabian. He said, you know, his, his, these are his words. He said, Eric took a lot of flack for his decision in Quebec, but he's always been an amazing teammate with a great passion for the game. And he was constantly working on his skill set. So some nice words from Fabian.
2: Yeah. Thanks, baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: And before we move on, Eric, just a quick word from one of our sponsors. Tonight's program is brought to you by
1: the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-focused group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives. They focus on the growth of hockey in Hong Kong and southern China, as well as the development of student-athletes, where sporting goals are achieved alongside educational pursuits. The CHG is comprised of a number of hockey programs, Established in 2011, the CIHL is Hong Kong's elite adult hockey league. The Junior Tigers program is Hong Kong's premier youth hockey organization, featuring the Scotia Bank Island League and Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs. The SCIHL is an adult league for those seeking a more recreational experience. In addition, the CHG showroom is the exclusive reseller of and Warrior hockey equipment. And offers services, including skate sharpening and fittings. For more information and links to their social media sites, go visit ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's
0: ChinaHockeyGroup.com. All right, so, Eric, the big trade happens. It finally comes. You finish off your international career with Canada. You go to the Olympics, and the trade to Philly finally happens but only after, of course, some more controversy, uh, it seems you were traded to two teams. Uh, were you aware of these two monster deals that were happening at the same time? And, and did you have any involvement?
2: I didn't have any insight into what was going on. Um, uh, the representative I had at the time, uh, you know, was, (laughs) I think he had his foot on one team or with one team and, and not with the other. And, uh, I think his wife mentioned something along those lines uh, at a Christmas party prior to that draft even occurring, so mm-hmm. that trade even happening. So anyway, it was uh, it was kind of a weird time. Yeah, uh, but listen, it goes through; it finally comes to a head, and and they uh, something's worked out. Yeah, um, you Big part of that was really tricky at the end was losing Chris Simon. If we, uh, oh right. I really wish we would have been able to keep Chris Simon. I don't mm-hmm. know how he ended up going the other way. Well, those deals um, were
0: almost like you you look at them on paper today and you can't even believe that that they were even offers. It just seems astronomical. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy yeah. to think like some of those no, guys are Hall of Famers yeah. today too. Like yeah. So um, yeah, so the big trade happens and you finally get your chance. It seems like you were just chomping at the bit to play in the NHL. And, yeah, uh, and he,
2: things rolled out. We had a pretty good team. We weren't yeah. very deep. We mm-hmm. didn't make the playoffs in my first two years. Each year by about two or three points. Right. Uh, like we're right, we're right there on the cusp. Right. We're yeah. and then uh, we got the new general manager rolls into town. Clark comes in. He makes a big trade. We get uh, really some big pieces of yeah. uh, John LeClair and Eric Desjardins coming to town. Yeah. A like Grecki, mm-hmm. and that made all the difference in the world. We got, well, I was a Habs a-
0: fan, so I was well aware of that trade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think you know, we uh, like,
2: we did very well on that trade. You guys, guys
0: might have got the better end of that trade. I think, yeah.
2: Well, it worked out. I mean, Johnny never Johnny got to Philly, and he got his confidence. Yeah, and I, he went from being you know he he never. Johnny didn't score thirty when he was with Montreal, and then he gets over and he gets his confidence going, gets feeling great, and then you know we get playing together, and he's doing fifty. Yeah. So um, you know who would have known that? Um, And then Eric you 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 mentioned Eric Desjardins as well. Yeah. 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 He was very steady. He's he could do pretty much everything, Uh, but it's that first pass where he's just so he's good some guys have that ability to see where to put it and it's the most important happening oh yeah and then some guys are just some guys just don't have it right and eric's got that patience and Mm -hmm. that ability
0: to do it yeah so when you 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 mentioned earlier when you started off it wasn't exactly a juggernaut in philadelphia um you had a great rookie year but just so happened a guy named timu had a pretty good rookie season as well oh
2: shit i know i had 41 (laughs) i scored 41 in 61 games yeah and uh you know like uh pretty good pace yeah and uh timu timu came out of nowhere unbelievable and, uh, right i know right so good on uh, good for good for timu yeah um, exactly you can't uh you
0: can't take that away from him but i mean yeah any other year you probably would have been uh hands down
2: uh rookie of the year yeah yeah but yeah. uh you know great great yep. for timu um and then our team just starts getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, start uh, with.
0: Te- you talked a little bit about Leclerc, so let's I, talk. Let's get started. Uh, let's start talking about the Legion of Doom a little bit. How much fun were you guys having on a daily basis, and what was the biggest factor in you guys having such great success as a trio?
2: I think, well, Michael Renberg was obviously, it takes three to tangle. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. um, I think the biggest factor in all this was just we, we had fun together. Um, there wasn't a we just wanted a, we wanted success. We didn't, we didn't care, you know, uh, Johnny couldn't have cared less if it was Rennie that, that, that had four or five that night or, or, uh, you you know, like it, it it just didn't, it didn't matter who, how it happened just as long as we were producing. Um, and we were, we were having fun at practice. And when you're having fun at practice, it, it boils over into games. And then you start having some production in games. Right. And uh, you get trying new things. You get trying some set plays on face-offs. You get trying some. You, you just you, you get confident. And you get other people around you, uh, some of our defensemen, to, to start uh, trying some some crazy stuff. And, jeez, and, you know, every once in a while it works. And we have some fun. And, you know. team wins the team wins that's right so the bottom line is you got to be
0: having fun out there it sounds like but you guys obviously you know um big factor in the the development and turnaround of the of the team and in 1994 you were you were named captain for the first time and and that year you led the team on a very promising playoff run just so happens the rangers were pretty loaded up that year what what do you remember about that first playoff experience and how did that season help you grow as a leader and eventually help philadelphia grow as a
2: team well, the Rangers won the cup the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh and that following year we lost in the s- finals of the wet, finals of the East to, to New Jersey yeah. in game six. And it just we had a real deep team. That was one of our best teams. Yeah, that one just hurt. It was Claude Lemieux scored a, a a goal from the blue line off the wing, and you know he made a, a, a very accurate shot from yeah. that distance. And anyway, it was uh, just went to show how tight everything is. Right? Yeah. It's, it doesn't take much either way to win or lose, and you know what do you what do you do better next time to? you know, to make sure that your odds are, right, odds are increased. So anyway, that was disappointing. I thought we, I thought we were the better team. That was,
0: but. do you think that was the best team you ever played for?
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, team? Yeah, they were, we were, uh, 1993, 93, 96. 96 team was really, really good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah,
0: that was so, the year you put up 115 points uh, 73 games you know you you had a pretty healthy year that year 73 games and
2: well well that no there's the year prior to that it was the sh- it was the lockout uh year um that i think it was my third year um so 92 93 93 94 so 94 95 this uh sorry n- uh, 95 yep um, that would have been the playoff year. We lost to New Jersey. That's
0: right. That was your first year yeah. in the playoffs. Sorry about that. We're, we're going back 25 that, that's years. That's fine. Hey, <laughs> we'll
2: work it out. I, we got, I got the internet in front uh, of me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was then. Yeah, it was a shortened season. Yeah. And we had, I thought we had a good team. I really, I thought that was one of our better teams.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so then that was your first playoff taste of playoff hockey. And then the following yep. year, 95-96 was your big year, 115 points. Um, and you guys lost that year in the conference finals, I believe. And the following year, 96-97, um, you will played 52 games that year. And uh, you guys, that was the year you made it all the way to the finals and played against the red-hot Detroit Red Wings. Um, you guys, it was a hard fought series. I've heard you talk about this. Uh, although it was a four-game sweep. It was
2: it was the first two games yeah. could have gone either way. We got hammered in game three. And I thought we played better in game four than they did. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? When it when 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 the shit starts to flow, yeah. Um so listen, uh yeah, we didn't uh they're, they're talk about deep. They're yeah. very good. You got to give credit. You're like, honestly, you got to give credit where credit's due. And, yeah. and if you look at their lineup and you look at, at, uh, uh you, you look at their team, they had, they had a great deal of depth. They were stacked. Nick, Nick Kiprio
0: said that your line basically ran them over in the series prior to that. And then when you went into Detroit, um, riding pretty high, and what was it? Who was it? And what was it about Detroit that was well, able to slow you just, guys they down? They
2: the puck so much better than, than, than.
0: So Lidstrom, um, it, it was Nick
2: Lidstrom. Was, there was a much more European <laughs> style of game, and yeah. Lidstrom was—you know—you could get right in there, and then oh, there was the, their puck movement was better, and they're better skaters. Detroit was way better skaters. They had, you know, Sergei Fedorov could could go forward or backward or uh, defense. Um, they had guys that were interchangeable. There was there was a lot more flow, and there wasn't the ability to. Cut the ice in half, and then into quarters, and and then to narrow in on people. Right. Um, they didn't make mistakes with the puck, um, and we had a very hard time getting on a four check to sustain any any sort of any sort of any sort of pressure. Um, they were very good at uh, again first pass and smart pass, and, and they had uh, you know Lidstrom's uh, one of the best, if not the best. Yeah, absolutely.
0: What I wanted to get back to though, uh, the year that you won the Hart Trophy. Um, I'll never forget your speech. It, the emotions that came out of you in that moment were so raw and so real. Uh, can you put into words a little bit, kind of, what was going through your through your mind at that point? Kind of, was it an, a culmination of just so many years of of hard work and 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 just what, what was going through your mind?
2: You know, I, I, the the f- I'd never played on teams that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And my first two years in Philly, we did not have very good teams. We were we were weak. We were we were not deep. We we lacked people. Um, and the fans always packed the building. And they were knowledgeable and they were helpful and, and, and they, they uh they were invested in us. Right. And to not be able to give them a playoff in the first couple of years that that was hard mm-hmm. It just felt like a relief, right you know like we finally got over the hump so that the we the fans who cheered for us when we were absolutely shit yeah had had something legitimate to cheer for. they'd always stuck by us they'd been to the wives carnival they'd always i mean we had wonderful support in those. In those years, and then um, and then the 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 taps turned on, and we were, you know, we were a good team. Yeah, but it wasn't. So all
0: of those thoughts just come streaming into your head at that moment, and you're like, "Wow!" You're just kind of overwhelmed with those. Oh,
2: it's everything from, you know, guys telling me to sign contracts. Yeah, to you know, like just enough. You know, (laughs) just let's just play. Yeah, and you did. then when you can play, then things are good, right? right? So, you know, we had a few pieces that we were missing in Philly, and you know, uh, we were we weren't far off. No, we, that's uh, for sure. We weren't far off. We had really good, some really good teams there, but yeah. um, you know, that's one. If there's one group that, when it's all said and done, that deserve. Deserve more. It's the it's the fans. They they were so good to us great. for my you know eight years there. They were they were fantastic. They're they're diehard uh, sports fans in Philly. Yeah. They're they're diehard. Yeah, they're yeah. diehard. And I think uh, I think most of them uh, can read. Uh, they can make their own decisions in life. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think are pretty pretty astute. So, um, um, your very first, uh, well
0: documented kind of serious concussion was after you were hit by Darius casparitis. Was that the first documented one or the first serious concussion that you had?
2: I don't know if it was the first or I can't, uh, it's been so long since I've talked about this. I haven't been through this. Well, yeah, I'm sure there, there it must have been was. countless times. It was a big times. one. It was, yeah, it was I, mean, a I look back and yeah. I think it was, it was you know, it was, it was it was a big one. Like I yeah. woke up, I, I kind of came to. And when you're in the visitor dressing room, there's Pittsburgh Penguin logos everywhere. And oh. I honestly thought I got traded to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> I did. I thought I got oh traded to Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, Pits- I shouldn't be laughing at that. Um, well, that's how, that's what, wow. you, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So um, that one was bad and then... Uh, the Stevens hit those were the two real big
0: ones two real big ones but when you when you came back after that first one so were you feeling like hey I'm ready to go like I'm fine um let's go I can't
2: recall all the little I'd have to write everything down and to kind of go through what you know what was going on and and uh and and some of the issues that 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 went on um you know I was having they thought I was having migraines and and in Philly. So they sent me to a migraine specialist and the migraine specialist, uh, said, no, these are, this, this you're not, these aren't migraines. You're, you're concussed. Right. Um, and the best guy that I know is Dr. James Kelly out in, uh, in Chicago. So it wasn't me that picked James Kelly as a doctor. Uh, it was in reference. It was a reference, uh, from, um, uh, a migraine specialist, uh, in Philadelphia, that the Flyers had sent me to, so uh, I had never met James Kelly before in my life, and and uh, went out and, and, and met with him, and and uh, um, he had a, a different outlook. And a today, you, he you look at what his diagnosis is, or, or sorry, not his diagnosis, but what his his path to recovery is, and you think, oh, that's pretty pretty standard. That's you know. Um, you know, two, three weeks or whatever the case may be. Um, but back then it was, you know, no, that can't possibly be right. That's not going to take that long. And, and, and it wasn't, uh, it was a different world back then. And it it's was not uh, a visible it, injury, right? So it's not something it is. It's tricky. Yeah. Right. And then once you, once you, once you get them, um, yeah. you're susceptible to them. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and play when you're not hundred percent sharp, things are happening so quickly guys are so fast guys are heavy guys are strong guys can you know they got people have people have ruined their lives by with concussion yeah uh, you have.
0: know Yep. yes yeah many, we're gonna we'll, we'll have a little bit of chat a chat about what uh, what you've been doing to help with that a little later on um i want to go back to uh, the couple of you know those few seasons in philly you battled a lot of injuries and uh and then eventually your relationship with Bobby started dwindling and, and people, well, it was well documented in the media anyway. I shouldn't uh, assume everything is true, but seemed to become kind of a major story and perhaps a distraction for you. During those seasons, was it was it more difficult to handle the injuries or was it more difficult to handle all the other BS that ha- happens outside of the game?
2: I was a combination of them both. Um it really, a lot of it stemmed. It was concussion, and then my collapsed lung, and how that was handled, and I I don't care. No, I'm not going to go. through that. It's, uh, you know, it was a game in Nashville. Um, I didn't feel well at the end of it. I was, you know, I felt like I had a bruised rib, or I, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I can talk to talk to the trainer about it and explain what I was feeling, and you know, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, could put some ice on it. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the usual <laughs> suck it up, walk yeah, it off. Usual. Put the, put the ice on it and yeah. the body glove, uh, the body glove, uh, wrap.
0: Yeah, of course, fix everything.
2: Uh, yeah, that's all good. And then, mm. uh, so I went out to meet with the guys after, uh, uh, we went to a, a, burger place. I remember being at a burger place on the strip or whatever they call that main street outside of the rink. We were just walking back to the hotel and, Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. I, I had I had to leave. I didn't feel very good at all, and I went back to the room and ended up in the bathtub. and uh, And Keith Jones got uh, found me. So, um, and I, and he called, uh, you know, he called the trainer. And uh, yeah, it didn't go as, as planned. And, and finally, uh, Roger Nielsen came up and he called uh, he he called nine one one, and uh, the ambulance came, got me in, and. Wow. uh and then they put this uh visual you know they kind of um it's a portable x-ray over top and and while I'm in my suit pants they uh they took a scalpel and they cut a hole in me to release the pressure in my oh lung my goodness and it fired in the tube right it's yeah. uh, you know yeah, yeah reimplating your lung. lung um so yeah it was a long uh yeah it was too bad that yeah. was really that was too bad, and uh, um, that took a long time to get over. We had a good team that year. We lost to Toronto in the first round, and I think I would have been able to come back and play had we gotten by Toronto. Um, ironically, that thing was on TV. The last game, I think we lost one nothing, uh, huh. and the last, the last, uh, the last minute of, of 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 game six or something like that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, uh, that so was a, tricky, to, a combination. Uh, tricky time. Well, you know, you have a clops lung, and you're full of blood, and someone's, you just, uh, I don't want to be digging up the the old here, but uh, you should certainly be staying off of airplanes, should you not? Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, you know, yeah. let's, let's just revisit this, and it's... And, and yeah. We're done. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, but, you know, it's, it,
0: it's important to uh, to make sure these types of things never happen again, and I'm sure that they
2: don't uh, – they're not – I don't think they will. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, I hope not anyway, but uh, that was certainly very frustrating.
0: Of um, course. Well, take me back – speaking that, that, of frustrating, take me back to the 2000 playoffs. So you come back. You've been out for 10 weeks. Uh, you, your second game back, you know, one of the most infamous hits in hockey history takes place. Well, um, I
2: started, I played the game before. Yeah, so this was your
0: second game back, right?
2: Second game, scored in that other one. I almost had another one that would i mean, would have counted had it been another half second left in the clock. We mm-hmm. were doing all right. We were, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's, you know, when you get into playoffs, I don't know. It's There's something really, really magical about it, no matter what sort of environment they... You, you know, people, I got stripped of my captaincy. I got, uh, you know, I was I was disappointed in our training staff, you know. So, I, I mean, I'll leave it at that, but yeah. I was very, very disappointed in our training staff. But.
0: Were you worried at that point that maybe your career could have been over? Or were you like, I'm just going to get better, I'm going to get uh,
2: healthy, and I'm going to come back? Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but once I got training again, and once I got feeling better and started to turn the corner, I felt... Jim McCrossin was just fantastic. Uh, he is the trainer there now in Philly, and he spent every day with me, getting me up to the point where I was... Had we gotten through that first round, I, I would have been able to... I would have been able to play. And, wow. and I think we had a good team. Wow. We just needed to get through that first round. It was just a matter of my blood My blood numbers getting up to where I was capable um, of performing. And, uh, you know, when you lose... Uh, you know, a body of my size has seven and a half, seven liters, seven and a quarter liters of blood, mm-hmm. and you lose, uh, over four. It's, uh, you know, you gotta, it's, it's a tix, it takes, takes time to get, uh, <clears throat> to get things, things going. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. No worries.
0: Yeah. Uh, the end of your time in Philly, you know, I, I really, I can remember the interview where you said, uh. I believe you said, I'm really unhappy with what's gone on here. And you could see that kind of sadness and frustration in the interview. And throughout your career, like you've never been a mudslinger. You you chose to never fight back against the media and you did everything you could to focus and we didn't. on the We hockey. didn't there either, right? Yeah, I didn't exactly. did Exactly. You never did. You never did. Of
2: what uh you know, what I was I didn't get into it. No, uh, never. I uh, the person that I was really, really upset with uh, was offered a, you know, there's a three-year contract extension. Yeah, And it wasn't the, you know, it was a medical trainer. And right. I, I mean, I was just frustrated. I was just really upset. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, now there's a couple of, uh, you know, my, my real, true friends on the team were, were fantastic through it all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. And after you know, Mike, Mike, Mike Stuthers was a, was an assistant coach there. And I'll never forget him, t- uh, screaming at me in the dressing room or in, in the coach's office. Um, when Craig, uh, Craig Ramsey, I think was, uh, taken over and, and, you know, talking about, uh, I don't know where he was going with it all, but he was, you know, you know, Mike Stuthers, who's Oh, I don't think that guy's he he tried to play mm-hmm. um but anyway uh yeah, yeah it was an interesting interesting time to be taking it from a guy like uh Mike Stuthers and others
0: right and you know after all that stuff you've been through, how motivated were you to just get past that era and and get a fresh start in a new city
2: well, I was trying to get a fresh start yeah um i had taken a year off Mm -hmm. uh i tried to get traded i thought i was going to get traded to st louis and uh um you know honestly when i got back i thought i could continue to play and i had a there was a fear i had a yeah i had a fear of i had a fear of getting hurt again
0: yeah absolutely you can talk
2: about that well i didn't like cutting through the middle uh i i had and I had no fear at all uh, in the past, and uh, and all of a sudden I just didn't. F- I wasn't as comfortable, um, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up playing the wing. I mean, it got to that point. I, I just was never the same player after that. There was. Right. I looked to get. I looked to get uh, clearance, and I got some people cleared me, and others didn't. And uh, the Rangers uh, took a shot at it, and uh, you know. Um,
0: well, you know, you had to okay. s- you did sit out an entire season, and at, during that season that you were off, were you thinking, you know, maybe I can just tone it down, you know, try to change my style of play a little bit and extend it's, my it's career? It's so
2: it's so hard to tone it down. It's you impossible, just, you, right? It's impossible, yeah. and then and and then you know you get there's a, there's a fear, that, and then you know what you get depressed, you get. <laughs> You go from being a really good player to you're just a shadow of yourself. And it's, it's depressing. You can still score goals and you can still chip in from time to time and you still, you know, your hands work fine and, you know, you can get some, get some, some good stuff done, but you're not, you're not looked at as, you know, a, a top, top three player, or top five player in the league anymore. It's, it's depressing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, at a time back then, you couldn't talk to anybody about that, so that must have been really difficult. Or maybe you could talk to people, but I mean, it wasn't public.
2: Hey, listen, it was a long, uh, it was, it was very frustrating in in in, in, in New York, and then yeah, uh, there was that uh, year off, and I went to Toronto. I didn't play very, you know, I, I I got played a lot in the first bunch of games because Matt Sundin got hurt, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, I had a wrist injury, and that was pretty much it. I tried to, you know, continue on with the with right. the injury, and it just uh, retinacular was uh, was just hanging by a thread. And I should have, like in hindsight, I should have just had the surgery right away. Right away, yeah. Trying to rehab it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but hey, that's, but hey, you
0: you had an opportunity to play with your idol, Mark Messier. That must have been special.
2: Yeah, you know, and and and, and to play in New York City, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was. That was a that was a good thing. Um,
0: what well, did the two thousand two Olympic team was that part of your motivation to keep playing as well?
2: It was, you know, we had. I thought ninety eight we were we were by far the best team.
0: Yeah, that um, was my next question. How did it compare to the ninety eight
2: team? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think you compare them. I, yeah, I, both I, great different teams. Co- both really good teams. But the nine the two thousand two team we took uh, took a while to to get to find our groove. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, in 98, we had won every period of hockey with the exception of one. And then we get into a, you know, a shootout scenario. They had almost got to the point with against the Czechs where they, they wouldn't even send a Ford checker. Um, they were just dying for this thing to get to a shootout and put yeah. all their cards, uh, all their chips behind uh, Dominic Ossic. And it proved uh, their... their their thought on that or their their betting style proved uh, worthy
0: yeah dominic was uh he was in fine form in those days wasn't he
2: he was uh he was good he was real good
0: yeah and um you talked uh, you have a brief stint in toronto you must have been excited for the opportunity to play in your hometown
2: sure you know i i didn't uh i didn't wasn't there that long yeah um but certainly uh you know uh I think i had i got off to a real good start i think i had eight goals in the first 10 or 11 games and you know things are going along pretty good <clears throat> and uh yeah you know yeah so it's, it's fun to play at home of
0: course i can only imagine uh and yeah then, and then uh you 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 finish things off in dallas and of course the next thing uh your decision to retire was that the hardest thing you've ever
2: done <clears throat> No, it wasn't at all because I had just taken it to the point where I was not happy at all. Right. I thought I could be happy. I thought I thought that I could. When you start looking at the clock at practice right. and it's going slow, you know it's time to move on. And wow. that's where I was at. So I was, yep. I was, was there dying. anything
0: scary? To- was there anything that was scary for you about retiring or life after hockey?
2: It's a whole, it's a completely different chapter that you never, ever really prepared for. So yeah. I had, I had gotten myself involved with the Players Association. Yeah, right away, uh,
0: NHL ombudsman.
2: Well, even prior to that, I was, uh, represented, the Dallas and, and yeah. was, was working with that. And there was, a, uh, you know, Chelly was getting rid of, uh, was, was cleaning house, um, our structure in the players association was horrible it was it was based off the 1947 pipe fitters association. Um, it just was, everything was behind the times right. and it allowed for a bit of a, for a coup, uh, to, to occur. And, and, uh, it was wrong. Um, Bob good was, was, was fantastic and has been fantastic for, for every player, um, you know, through his, uh, uh, through his life like he's he's he he was he was a terrific uh, terrific he is a terrific person right um so that was uh i went there uh, but if you want to take on a negative job you you'd be an ombudsman <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was gonna say
2: what is an that ombudsman is, could be the all. most and while well, you're, you're you're you got to sort out problems okay uh, problem solving you know, you're the problem that there's a lot of whispering going on in an office right. uh, you got to think of a large staff and there needed to be a place for people to, the, it can't be quiet camps and little political things. There has to be, there has to be a way for things to get cleaned up. And, and the structure would be with an ombudsman to, um, to, to field those and to investigate a little bit and to, uh, and to come up with solutions. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was there for, uh, for a very short, uh, well, I wouldn't say very short, I was almost two years. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, um, yeah, I was, uh, I, left. Yeah. I left. And since I left.
0: then, I mean, you've kept very, act- very active in helping raise money and awareness for CTE and post-concussion syndrome. And, and in 2016, you, uh, you supported legislation to, uh, to, for Rowan's Law. Can you talk to me a yeah, little so bit? Yeah, so that's one really law. well. That's yeah.
2: you know the we're just a little bit behind here in Canada yeah. on on some of these things. I, every you know every state had had a had a concussion policy or a concussion law. And so the uh, the government had the foresight to put together uh, an advisory board and come up with something that uh, that we believe as the advisory board um, Everybody could work off of uh, a blueprint that, for lack of a better term, was uh, kind of a, you know, it was a floor plan that was, was everyone could, no, no matter what province or territory you're, 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 you're with or you're from, um, everyone could use. So, um, and that's gone well. The practices are being uh, um, uh shared they're being utilized uh, the same way i just wish that they would use the name coast to coast rowan's law whenever they're referring to um to concussion the same way that uh, you, you know you hear of an amber alert you think of a missing kid i don't understand why we have to have different names uh for for concussion in, in each territory and province i think from a marketing perspective there's a lot of strength uh um uh, that comes from from unifying and, and being under one one umbrella. Um, you know, where I think there's a lot of shared value uh, when you're looking at, uh, say, Roland's Law Day, which is uh, the third uh, third Wednesday, I believe, in every every September at the start of school. You know, right before all the, the programs get started, let's let's be looking out for each other concussion wise and, and literature that you could, you could share all the way across uh, across the country for for each grade. Uh, appropriate to their grade uh, and, and all we're all we're asking for is to spend uh you know an hour or two talking about concussion and looking out for one another and what to look for and, and how to react uh I, I think that was uh you know that's that covers a great deal of it um uh, at the basic school level so uh I, I just I would hope that they would reconsider and and and, and push for uh unifying uh you know, it's one thing to do all the practices together and to uh, and the procedures. It's it's a real important part to this is is using the same name, Right. and having the same name. I think cuts out a lot of the confusion parents would have uh, in this field when they're they're trying to come up with a solution for their kid, for their for their <clears throat> um, for themselves, uh, for for whoever. Um, but as soon as you see Rowan's Law, there there should be comfort and knowing that it's a government-based, uh, program, it's, it's vetted by the government. Uh, it's our best doctors have put the information out there on the website, uh, and, and have all the information that you should, uh, that, that, that is needed for you to, uh, uh, to get through the, to get through your hump.
0: It sounds like a tremendous organization and tremendous work that you guys are doing. Is that where the hit stop sit originated?
2: It did. Yeah. So that okay. was a big uh, media push at the end. Uh, so, it kind of, it's been rolling out in a couple phases, but uh, um, you know, uh, COVID's had its its effect on this, yeah. Um, and uh, um, but it's coming. I mean, it, it certainly is coming. The yeah. idea with it was not just to put the onus and the responsibility on a trainer or on one coach or or, uh, or or any one person. I mean, these people that are coming to the pitch or coming to the rink uh, coaching your kids and, 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 helping out. A lot of them are volunteers. I mean, yeah. most of them, 95%, 90% of them, uh, 99% of them are volunteers. What we don't want to do is burden them to the point where they just say, you know what, it's not worth it. I don't want to have to be taking all these courses. That's not the other thing. So we've tried to spread it out and, and, and have parents be involved in this. Uh, we, uh, the, you know, uh, no, we're going with numbers we we asked uh, a number of people to to have a look at this in a in a in a basic context where you should be up and running and in, in pretty good shape within an hour of of, uh, uh, of looking into it and, and being uh, you know basically certified. Um, there, there's there's not much to it. We're just asking people to look for certain um, <clears throat> or certain things. And if we're ever if there's any confusion or if there, if, if one on the list is is something that uh, checks the box, well let's just pull the kit. There's a lot of times a kid is going to get hit, and, and, you know, you just take the time, you pull them out, and you have a you have a good look, a good look over. And yeah. many times, you know, they go right back and play. Great, mm-hmm. good, terrific. But at least we took the time to have a look. If there's one of those, if, if you take them off and there's one or two of those things uh, where the boxes uh, are checked, where we're nervous about concussion, well, listen... Let's just take him out until he gets till he gets looked at by someone that's a doctor. Yeah, that's let's just be safe. Let's, yeah, it just it's we'll, no- like
0: basic <laughs> common sense. It,
2: it is, Chris. Yeah. It's basic common sense. Yeah. We're not trying yeah. to rebuild the you know this, that, and the other thing. We just want we want some we want people just to take their time with this and, and, and let's not just be looking out for, for your own kid and and your kids, uh, teammates, but let's look out for the other side as well. Let's, let's be looking out. Let's sports supposed to be fun, right? It's, it's supposed to be fun and let's make it fun and let's make it safe. And, and, uh, um, you know, concussion, uh, they're going to happen. Listen, They're going to happen. It's all hey, part it, of it. it. It's an awesome Deal initiative.
0: And, and of course, education is 99% of the time the answer. So I, I certainly think it's uh, it's very important to get this message out into schools. And, and what you guys are doing is awesome. So keep that up, please. It, it needs to be done. Um, finally, Eric, 2016 comes along and you get inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. After everything you'd been through, the ups and downs throughout your career, <laughs> the injuries, the tough times, the great times... How satisfying was it to stand there and, you know, invite your brother, Brett, to share the stage with you and know that your name is forever etched in hockey history?
2: Well, you know, I waited for a bit. It's kind of funny. I, I waited for a bit. But then as soon as they had the top 100 of 100, it was uh, it was done pretty much that same year. So. <laughs> they couldn't um, say no anyway, anymore. They it couldn't. was a weird, that uh, was a bit weird. Yeah, um, that's hilarious. But, uh, well. Uh, whatever yeah it is, um, what it is we all know you
0: should have been it, in there the first year we all fine. know
2: yeah all good yeah. uh it was a chance just to look back and i think every guy that gets up there and does this he it's you you just you feel so blessed to have been the recipient of so much time so much energy so much love so much help so much guidance uh knowledge uh opportunity and luck um family. I mean, geez, uh, you've got, uh, you know, in our house, we had, uh, two guys playing high-end hockey. My brother and I, um, you know, my, my, my sister, I mean, I'm sure there were sacrifices there. My parents were constantly driving us constantly making sure that, you know, I remember my dad every lunch hour, you know, going and getting the skate sharpened and things like that. Um, you know taking time out of his, his data to make sure that we had the best equipment that we possibly uh you know and we were ready to go and we were ready to play and and we never ever needed for 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 anything um you know the backyard ranks the the extra ice time in the morning before school um you know the, the the billets the trainers uh the extra tips that people would give you uh about working out that was a big thing uh, you know it was a big time change uh, where it wasn't just you know let's go lift weights and do uh you know four sets of 10 every time let's let's switch it up and 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 here's a different way to, to look at things and um you know it was, a, it was a it was a time of 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 trial and error and 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 some some things were science-based some things weren't but you know really it was a lot of people just wanting the best for you and uh And you think about your teammates and you think about uh, the people that uh, were in your life uh just very very lucky
0: right yeah i mean when we watch people like me you know have had the same dreams and that you did and and never got to play in the nhl or certainly not be inducted in the hall of fame but when we watch you uh, make a speech like that and and you're so appreciative of your family and the support that you've gotten your mom and dad and your brother and your sister and you know, it just reminds us all to be very thankful to all of our parents for the sacrifices that they made. And, you know, you talked about your dad being out at lunchtime, getting your skate sharpened. Like, that's not, a, it's not something that everybody's willing to do. So hockey parents no. and hockey families are a very, very special yeah. breed of people. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So you're a dad now. You've got three beautiful children. Knowing everything that you know about, about hockey and about concussions, do you have any qualms about your kids playing hockey or any other contact sports?
2: Contact sports. Yes. Uh, uh, uh not about hockey. Okay. Um, I, 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 think, uh, I think football is a different animal than, than hockey. I think, uh, there's, I think it's different, um, to a certain extent, yeah. much, much different. I shouldn't say to a certain extent. I think it's much different. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'd have, uh, reservations if my kid, uh, Came up to me and we needed to have a little talk about football. But as for hockey, I think that I think that we've we've made it's 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 taken 30 years, yeah. if not longer. Um, a lot of the protocols really haven't changed all that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but at least we've we've come to a, a situation now where a lot of it's heart, heart rate based on your on your on your recovery, um, you know. But let's not kid ourselves. There's so much that we don't know yeah uh, when it comes to the brain right so um it's tricky but nine you know 90 percent of guys 90 percent of when i say guys i mean all, all athletes or all, yeah. anybody and mm-hmm. most concussions occur uh outside of the athletic environment uh there's a lot of slip and falls a lot of bike accidents a lot of you know at the playground things like that schoolyards yeah uh, most people most people come back and and given the right amount of time and, and, and the right circumstances, they, uh, they come back and they're, and they're fine. There's, there's, there's some that have lingering effects and need some extra care. And there's some really bad situations as well. But, uh, um, I think, uh, as long as we can avoid that second impact syndrome, right. uh, that's we crucial, can avoid it's so crucial. Yep. I mean, let's just, let's be clear before we go back out and play again. We're, we're, there's no point in sending out a, a you know, anybody that's, that's not sharp. That's, uh, uh that's it's not uh, that's not themselves um they're just going to be extremely vulnerable right. so let's avoid that that can be life-threatening as right. proven with rowan's law exactly rowan's- so
0: what advice like I, i'm in a place here in asia where hockey's looked at as you know kind of a barbaric sport by a lot of people you know they just don't quite understand how we can fight and hit and and all these things and you know that's changing as the sport develops over here of course but I am often asked that question and what what advice would you give to a parent who wonders if if hockey is a safe enough sport for their kids?
2: What advice? Well, look out for not just your kid, but the other kids. Look for the look for the signs of concussion. They may occur. Um let's play the sport as cleanly as possible. A big a big onus of this lies on the referees. Yeah. And if a referee is is doing a correct job, um uh and, and calling the game, uh, well, um, cheap shots don't occur. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that cheap shots occur, cheap shots occur. And you know, the, the other, some of the other stuff happens when the refereeing is not at its best mm-hmm. or has not been at its best in the past. And people don't forget, yeah. you know, it's not so much about what happened, you know, you know, in the period before or the shift before uh, a lot of, a lot of times people wait, uh, they have a little black book and, right. and, uh, you, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it stems from there. So it's not just any one game. It, it could be, uh, it, it could be something historic that that has an effect on this. So right. refereeing is absolutely critical. Well, Great th- refereeing.
0: I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I couldn't agree more. And and with what's gone on lately in the NHL, um, with the Tim Peel situation, can you right. talk? I wasn't even going to talk about this, but can you briefly talk about uh, you know what are your thoughts on on a referee having the ability to manage manage a game versus you know a, play, a referee who goes out there and just tries to call every penalty he sees.
2: This is so tricky. It is. I mean,
0: I'm a referee, so it, I want to know your opinion as well, a player. Well, cause...
2: listen, there's just I'll just tell you a quick story. I, I played, and when I we spoke about the junior B uh, yep. playing at St. Mike's, I played with Wes McCauley.
0: Right. Love Wes. I played
2: with Wes. Wes ended up being a you know he he went to Michigan State. He had a pretty good uh, pretty good go, and then he got into refereeing like his mm-hmm. like his dad. His dad used to be the head of refereeing for the league for for years and years and years. Really respected guy. Um. Mm-hmm. Wes's uncle is Ron Finn, who was a linesman for years and years and years and years. Um, So he's come from that background. He gets on the ice. I think it is in Tampa, his first game that he's refereeing with me. And he calls a penalty on my first shift and sends me to the box. Yeah. And I mean, I just smile at him and he smiles back. I mean, I know it wasn't even a penalty. Like it was just him saying, there's going to be no, everyone knows we're buddies. Uh, this is to say,
0: yeah,
2: you know, those kind of things are going to happen, um, uh, for different reasons and at different times. <laughs> um, they're, they're going to occur, but you can't verbalize it,
0: right? I know that's the biggest <laughs> you know? mistake. I mean, <laughs> even, of course, that's a huge mistake to make. I mean, it and the fact that that. That got released and there was no There's, delays on those mics. It's like oh no
2: one can ever question the act. Yeah. Right? Because you're still dealing in a gray area where <laughs> you know, is it a penalty? Is it not? Could you have called it? Could you let it go? <clears throat> we can we always forgive referees for not seeing things. I mean, that's part of it. It yeah. happens quick. It's you know, this and that. But <clears throat> you know, so you just you just can't talk about
0: it. I know. But, I mean, everyone knows that it's a non-written rule that, you know, referees are going to try to control a game and we have to trust them. And uh, and that's – at the end of the day, they just want to get in and out of there and do their jobs and, and be part of the game. They don't want to be, you
2: know, a factor in it. They just want to be a part of it. The days of the referee that wants everyone to know their name and, and wants to be the show – I believe are, are for the most part over yeah. that was, that was, there was a bunch in the nineties. There is, Oh geez, there's <laughs> there special, special people, <laughs> but by taking the name off the back and by, you know, I, I, I think that there is a real, uh, it's, it's now, it's now the, it's now getting, it's turned around where, where they're, they're patted on the back for, being for for a game occurring and 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 not being noticed uh you know what i mean um yeah. that 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 to me is a is is a great referee game where you exactly. know, just had it had no you just would think back and think and believe that th- their presence had no bearing um on the outcome and that's kind of what you want i mean yeah they're going to make penalty calls and they're going to do this that and the other thing but where the call's accurate, where the call's timely, where, where, you know, it's, it's, and it's a very hard and difficult job. It, it's got, it's, it's the work. It's hard. It's it, it tricky.
0: definitely is. That's the fastest game on the earth and on the planet. So it's definitely a tricky job. I, I just feel bad for Tim Peel because, you know, right at the end of his career. I feel career, bad for him too. Don't um, you? Yeah. Yeah. A really guy bad. who had a long career.
2: Yeah. That's just sad that it, that it happened that way, but yeah. you know, it, it didn't leave the league. Um, it, you know it didn't leave the
0: league a choice did it no exactly they, they had their hands it were it. tied and uh oh it was done yeah done. done yeah
1: wheel hub asia is committed to building community and bringing accessibility to inline hockey players in southeast asia they strive to be a catalyst for change with collaborative approach that is focused on improving the level of inline hockey in the region through community-based initiatives Asia stands for professionalism, integrity, and collaboration. For inline hockey players, by inline hockey players. For all your inline hockey needs, head to wheelhubasia.com.
0: So Eric, uh, before I let you go today, I usually ask uh, some one-timers, which are just some quick quick answer, rapid-fire questions. Uh, Some of them from me, some of them were from uh, some of my listeners that wrote in uh, asking me to ask you some questions. So... I'm going to bang these off, and uh, and then we'll, we'll finish things up. How does that sound? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Going, yeah. First of all, did you ever have any superstitions as a player?
2: Sure. What was your biggest uh, one? The th- th- on the clock, uh, when things stopped at 13, uh, I had to get this out of my head. Um, I, it felt Felt like bad things were going to happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anytime it stopped yeah. on 13.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. You'd be shocked how many times it stops on 13. Jeez, yeah, when please. you're noticing it. Oh. Okay. That's funny. So, well,
0: all right, next one. Your favorite activity on the bus or the plane to pass time? Cards. Okay, what's your game?
2: Oh, it depended. Uh depended if we had the whole team involved or it was a group of four playing, uh, playing hearts or... A uh, group of seven playing hold'em or whatever it, uh, it depended on the how many guys were involved.
0: All right, is eighteen too young to play in the NHL? No. Do you think you would have been as as successful or more successful if you were playing in today's game? Yeah, yeah, more, more successful. Okay,
2: I think you know. I look at I look at what goes on now with uh, with you know people adapt. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good skater in the '90s, uh, you know you're a top a top skater, you're gonna you're gonna be a top skater now. what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Would, you know I mean? yeah. Um, and then you look at the opportunities of overtime, and and geez, that three on three just looks like so much fun, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it looks like so much fun, and what you know, what, what an opportunity to. Every single time it goes to overtime, and how many games go to overtime in a year for? Per Way team? too you many know? now. 25? <laughs> a 25 lot. out of eighty. Yeah, a lot, right? A lot, yeah. So you got to think that if you're a top, if you're a top five or six player on your team, you're getting, a, you're getting a, you're getting a real good chance to be on a, just, just, just to score in, totally. in overtime. That's right.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, who were some of your toughest matchups? Like, player-wise, to play against?
2: Player-wise, you know, a guy that was kind of under the radar, but annoyingly effective with Bobby Halik. <laughs> wow. Well, he's a big man. People, yeah. Strong, jack, farmer, just <laughs> smart. Uh, couldn't do anything at an A-plus level. Right. But did everything at at B-plus you know, he just could do everything face offs. He was a great penalty killer. He was he was just just a steady Eddie.
0: That's great. That's at a left field. I love that answer. Um, would hockey be safer if they got rid of the instigator rule? No. OK, uh, was there ever a goalie that had your narrow? I don't know.
2: Hang on a second. Okay,
0: Let's go back. Instigator rule. Do you think it could be safer if, if you know, if you were able to police yourselves a little more like you would, like you were able to do in the 80s and 90s?
2: No, I, I mean, I think it's got to stay there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, you got to have willing combatants, right? So, you know what I don't get in today's game yeah. is why when a guy gets hit with a clean hit... Uh, and it's, it's like perfectly sound, perfectly clean hit. Just because it's a big hit, that he's that there's a, a fight.
0: Well, I, I think mean, this is no why s- I think this is why because there's makes no other No chance. sense to yeah, me. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, but I think I think personally, I think the instigator rule might be able to help that out a little bit because, um, you know, maybe guys aren't going to take liberties, and maybe a clean hit will be a clean hit again.
2: Uh, geez, this is tricky. You know, it just annoys me, but I look at like that number 11 in Boston Mm -hmm. and just some of the annoying, you know, he, he, I don't know. I, I,
0: I, I'm sure there's times you just wish that the instigator rule was gone.
2: Yeah, but overall, I don't think he can do it. No, I, I think we're. I don't think it'd be good overall for hockey. It would be certainly great to clean up some of these, some of the, the cheap crap that goes on. Um, <clears throat> you know, have I see that 11 sticking his blade between, you know, a, a, a annoying Ovechkin like he did, you know, three yeah. weeks ago, like just get, get, get out of there, yeah. you know, like just get, no,
0: there's no need for stuff like that in the game. Oh, and just, Ovi, oh, go
2: buy that guy out. Like, just, just <laughs> fuck it enough. Exactly.
0: All right, let's move on from that one. Was there ever a goalie that had your number?
2: Oh, probably more than I'd like to admit. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, playing in Philly, you get, you get really good, you know, you could go to New Jersey. Who do you got? You got fucking Marty. Marty. Yep. You're in Buffalo a lot. You got Dominic. Um. You know, Mike Richter was a, was, a, was a very solid. Um, um, I'm going to go with Marty and and Dominic as our the the two. I know Dominic picked up his game every time we played him. <laughs> I do, he, as I, he would, yeah, as he would. He's yeah. just he's beauty that way. I um, can only imagine. But, uh, oh, he's a, he's and he's fun too, right? I, if you got, I've gotten to know him a little bit off the ice. Uh, he is, uh, he's fun. He's he's got, he likes, uh, he's fun. He looks like he's having a good time back there.
0: How's your golf game?
2: It used to be good. Yep. (laughs) I used to play all the time and now I don't play very much at all. Uh, have you visited Cape Breton Island before? I've been to the Cape. You know what we did? uh... Oh, when was that? new brunswick yep did uh, you do
0: the cabot trail have you been around the well cabot yeah trail? that's how i met my wife. i
2: mean so my wife and i we decided uh my wife my wife's uh you know has a corporate background and mm-hmm. you know president cf uh, cfo of of uh well geez it was travel at the time i guess yeah. it was sold to western union whatever um so she lived down. She lived down at the Four Seasons, and I thought, you know, the, I don't know. I let, let's see how rough and tumble this one can can be. <laughs> <laughs> take her to Cape yeah. ratten to check test it out. Well, let's go <laughs> and was, yeah. So we we uh, we we took a week. Uh, we were dating. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it was like eight days, and and uh, we rented one of those Can of Dreams.
0: Oh, nice. That's a great idea. And
2: then we stopped around. We went up. Uh, uh, we went up and around, across, down. Uh, basically, did a, a rectangle. Did the Cabot Trail on yep. like day four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stayed at provincial and national parks along the way. And it was it was a great trip. I can, I can.
0: Well, I can imagine you. I you enjoyed it was beautiful. Yeah, and and if you ever want to play golf again, you have to get to Cape Breton and play at the uh, Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links golf courses, which I'm sure you've heard of.
2: Yeah, we, we drove uh, drove through, right? Yeah. Like uh, we could see. Uh, there's, there's looks windy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely idea. windy. Yeah, bring a few extra balls. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple more for you, Eric. Of all your accomplishments,
2: what's the thing you're most proud of? Um, I think we're, where we're at right now. I mean, I've got, uh, my wife is fantastic. My kids are, are, are doing well. I, you know, I, I, I think they're having fun every day. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I think that's a big thing. Yeah, um, absolutely, I'm having, I'm having, I'm having, I'm having some fun.
0: Yeah,
2: My parents are, you know, once they get their shot and the immunization, uh, Uh, Once they get cleared and and get their lives back, uh, they're in their 70s. That would be, that'll be a big relief. Um, I'm a very lucky, lucky guy. uh, We're working on a a new project here in the hockey world where we're we're profiling blades um, using lasers and and CNC cutting. Uh, We're able to do things to the micron. We're going to go to market uh, this fall. Uh, we're doing a bunch of guys in the league right now um but uh you know just quietly and and uh, we know we have something very very special there so that's gonna be fun that's great um yeah so I mean yeah I got lots of little projects and and I've got a a, a really good network of friends and and uh, um yeah. I mean, I, that sounds,
0: sounds about perfect. Yeah. Life is and, good. I and don't I know. I mean you sound like you're, you're happy and healthy. How,
2: like, can you, can you explain how you're feeling mentally and physically? Well, I think COVID has knocked the wind out of a few of us. Like I, I should say knocked the wind out of me, but I'm just done with it. Yeah, I just, just need to get back out. I'm just tired and yeah. I, I, I want to get out. And I think energy creates energy. And I miss my Tuesday and Thursday morning skates with the guys. I miss, uh, you know, they shut down all the, uh, the, the tennis around here. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't played, you know, I like to play tennis a couple times a week, go skate with the guys. I do anything possible to avoid the gym. You know, those <laughs> yeah. weights are, fuck, the weights are just, they're heavy they don't talk back they they're don't. not great on communication <laughs> they're just you know enough for the weights you yeah. um, i like to be active and be outside and be having fun and then being in a rink uh, and enjoying time with uh with with my buds and um, i mean we got a group that you know you get people from different walks of life right so you get you close the door in the dressing room you got <laughs> you got people in real estate you got people that are uh um, you know, they're, they're, they're contractors. So you got people that, um, are in law, you got people that are in finance. So you close the doors on, in and in a, you got people in, in, entertainment. Um, the conversations in a dressing room are second to none because of, they are because yeah, of the, the, the quality of guys and the, and, and how it's such a melting pot, uh, of, of opinion. Um, that's really special. It is. Yep, that's
0: yeah. the brotherhood. I mean, that's that's let what that's what keeps bringing go, us back to the let rink. Let me press
1: to get up the back bench. The bench.
0: Okay, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Okay. Oh, that's great. Um, Erica, with everything you've been through in your career, would you do it all again for one more chance at a cup?
2: Oh, for sure. I don't think any, Jeez, even if I had two, I'd like to go for a third, you know. Um, awesome. Yeah, no ho- hockey's the best game in the world. Couldn't it agree It really more. is. I couldn't agree more. It's the more. best game in the world. It just it's it, it's it's just it's fun to watch. It's even watching some of the old stuff. It's just fun. Um, I've got uh, my world is 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 hockey to a certain extent with uh, many of my friends and even guys that uh that aren't really involved in hockey uh, in one way or another, it's trickled through because of hockey. You know what I mean? Like it's just, a, it's, it's what I love. It's, you know, I, I you know, and I can't wait to get the kids on the ice. I can't wait to, um, mm-hmm. You know, Saturday, uh, Saturday at four o'clock. I'm starting to, you know, geez, what am I going to be doing in three hours? I got to make sure that I, <laughs> I'm ready to watch the game. You know, yeah. Um, what can I, what can I do now to make sure that I, have got that time open to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it's it's hockey. That's it's right.
0: I couldn't agree love. more. Of course, it's the greatest sport on the earth. And um, yeah. do you see yourself getting back into hockey? Or are you going to just coach your kids? Uh, what's what's your? What's I'm going to fe- help out with my kids, hold I guess you.
2: a little bit. Yeah help out with my kids this uh the skate profiling thing is going to be is going to be fantastic we're, awesome. we're going to be able to have it's all computerized so if you uh you know chris you're say you're an eight point uh, seven seven three four radius or we can do anything to the whatever micron uh you want to be pitched forward uh five six degrees we can do that you know any hollow every 16th of a hollow um uh, we, you you plug it into our computer, and every time that you use our one of our machines, you're going to get the exact same profile. Okay. Uh, and we don't differentiate between a profile and a sharpening, so it's uh, it's really something special.
0: The future's um, here.
2: It is, you know, it is. It's going to take a lot it? of heat off uh, lot, a lot of heat off trainers <laughs> and uh, and players are oh, as a as a player as a person. We all skate differently. We all do things differently. Mm-hmm. And there's not why are we why have we been sitting there, uh, just accepting whatever comes our way, as opposed to asking for something that's custom and works best with how an individual skates and how an individual folds and what you know uh, where they are in terms of uh, uh, their height and their weight and and, and position? Um, let's let's really define let's define the blade. If if we can't get to the puck, we can't do anything with the puck, right? Yeah. So, um, what did you I, say? I, the name of the
0: at, product is sorry.
2: Uh, we're we're Scribe, and SkateScribe. Uh, we'll have our, yeah, we'll have our website up and going here in about three weeks uh, awesome. and some videos and whatnot, but we're, uh, we're looking forward to going to, going to market and uh, we're going to start small here in the GTA and um, we've got some plans. Uh, we've got big plans. So. Awesome. It's all duplicatable. Um, awesome. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah.
0: I wish you nothing but the best with that. So there you have it, folks. Eric, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. And also, thank you for all the joy you brought to the millions of people who've watched you play. And please continue to do the work that you're doing and making our game better and safer.
2: Happy to do it. Thanks for having me, Chris.
0: You're very welcome. That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Sunset Studio, and Print House Limited. And a giant thank you to my producer, Andy, who makes us sound great week in and week out. And of course, Mr. Paul McLean, who makes everything happen here at the studio. Folks, check out our website at Acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram
2: at Acrossthepondhk.